Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this day, for the beauty of your creation, for the beauty of the hope that you have extended to us. We pray, Lord God, that you would help us to have hearts and minds that are focused upon you now. Lord, we pray that you give us the grace to lay down our our anxieties and our fears, our concerns that we brought into this place and that can distract us from hearing you speak to us. Pray, Lord, that you would give us the grace to help us to lay those at the foot of the cross, to turn them over to you. And Lord, we pray that you in your mercy and in your love would speak to us. You would open our ears and our hearts that we might hear you and have our lives transformed by you. Lord God, please give me your words to speak to your people and fill us all with your word that we might be bearers of your truth. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It is so great to see you all today. Well, you know, I was thinking this week about modes of communication, right? And trying to kind of make a mental list of different ways that we communicate with people or that we have over the course of human history, right? And so there's, you know, we've got, well, I'm sure there was like tossing a rock at somebody when was maybe the first way you would like send a message. But then we finally got into like smoke signals and letters and carrier pigeons and telegraphs and semaphore. And then we got phones and those like pneumatic tubes that they used to have at Price Club and at banks and things like that, right? They suck it out. Oh man, I love those things. I wish we used those all the time. Yeah. We actually had an idea about when we did the renovation up here of installing one of those. It'd be very cool, just for fun. I'd just sit in here all the time and put tubes in there. It'd be so cool. Yeah, it would have been great. Um, so, but we didn't, obviously. And uh, and then you've got cell phones, and then you've got like FaceTime or Skype or whatever kind of video messaging you use to talk to people, right? And that's kind of that's helpful. Right? You can convey a message through like a video chat that's really difficult to do over text, right? Or over email or in a letter sometimes. And, and it's really helpful. It's maybe the closest we have to face-to-face communication. But the very fact that it's not face-to-face communication means that there's something lacking. And so really the gold standard remains two people talking face-to-face, in person, right? Not like uh, Android, their Android forms or something communicating, right? But they're them, face-to-face, talking, right? Because in that, you can read expressions, you can hear intonation and inflection, you can reach out and touch, right? You can give an embrace at the end of the conversation if that's what's required. You can give a left hook if that's what's required, Right? You can't do that over forms, other forms of communication. And so that face to face, one person meeting and talking with another, 
is really, that is, still remains the best way we have to communicate. And that's really one of the main themes of our passage from the letter to the Hebrews. Right? Hebrews, in general, presents us with Jesus Christ as the full sufficiency and fulfillment of the hope of the Israelites. The letter really conveys that Jesus is the fulfillment of what everyone was hoping for, everyone was yearning for in the Old Testament, that Jesus is that. And as such, our passage begins with one of the briefest recaps of the history of the Old Testament. It says, Long ago God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. Now this verse summarizes like 1,760 pages, give or take, in my Bible. Right? That God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. There we go. That's the Old Testament. He tried to do this in so many different ways. He tried it through the stars and the seasons. He tried it through the law. He tried it through direct communication. That terrified everybody. He tried it through signs and wonders. And as this passage tells us, he tried through the prophets to speak to his people to speak to his creation and tell them what he wanted them to know about who he is and who they are as well. And here, in our passage, we have the culmination and the fulfillment of that communication. In these last days, he has spoken to us by a son. Because the problem with all those other modes of communication is it was always somebody else speaking on behalf of God or something else speaking on behalf of God. But here, here we have his son, the heir of all things and the creator of the worlds coming to speak to his people. I think that's a good decision, don't you think? Yeah? I think he's eminently qualified, right, as as the son and as the heir of all things and as the creator of all the worlds. I think he's probably a worthwhile person to send. Someone who might have something good to say to us, might have something valuable to say to us, might have something important to tell us. Now, Jesus, uh, then he comes and he's, the passage tells us that he is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. Now, if God wanted to connect with us and wanted to speak with us and wanted to share with us a message, I think it would be important and helpful if you would send us this son who is, in fact, the exact imprint of God's very being, because from Jesus, you get the exact imprint of God. So to know Jesus, to hear Jesus, to see Jesus is to know, to hear, and to see God. And so he is the perfect one to be the fulfillment of these messages that the Lord had sent to us humans. Now Jesus is not only sent here to speak to us and to show us who God is. In addition, the passage tells us that he sustains all things by his powerful word. Jesus is in the role of keeping this whole universe in balance by his powerful word. He is holding everything together. 
And you know that this has been an important theme, this holding together the universe, right? And by this, uh, I don't know if you saw the documentary this year, but the final Avengers movie, or the most recent Avengers movie, right, that showed us what's been going on in the interstellar regions uh, while we've not been paying attention, right? And you had all the Marvel superheroes, all of the Avengers, with all of their combined powers and abilities and talents and strength, throwing everything they could at trying to keep the universe together. And how did the movie end? Not the movie. How did the documentary end? They failed. You haven't seen it? You have missed some important history. You've missed important history. It ended with the destruction of most of them and their failure as a mission. Their mission failed. They couldn't. With all the abilities they had, they could not do it. And yet here we get Jesus, who can sustain the whole universe with his what? His word. His word. He doesn't even have a cool hammer. Right? Or a cape. Or anything like that. Just his word. And he sustains the whole universe. That is his his peerless power at work. I don't think it's a mistake or a passing thing that, that the word word is used there, right? Because this is God's communication to us. And how do we communicate? What do we use? Words, words right? And Jesus here is the one who can hold everything together with his word. Who better to send to share this message? Who better to share the message of God's love and redemption and grace with us than someone who can hold the universe together with his word. In addition, the passage says, when he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Remember that Jesus was not only sent to reveal God to us and to speak to us. In addition, he was sent to save the world. This was a part of his message. Now, the author draws on the language of the Jewish sacrificial system, which makes sense in a book that is titled To the Hebrews. And he tells us that Jesus made purification for our sins. He fulfilled the sacrificial system. He fulfilled that system filled with the the blood of sheep and goats. He completed that. And he made purification for our sins. So that we could be reconciled to God. So that we could be set free. So that we could be released from bondage. Now, this morning we began by talking about some of the different ways that we can communicate. And as I was sitting down and kind of finalizing my sermon at like six this morning, I had this thought, right? I had this flashback to high school, which was a long, long time ago. And I remembered this quote that that one of my teachers had shared with me. It was by this man named Marshall McLuhan. And the, the statement is, the medium is the... Message. You've heard it before, right? You paid attention to high school as well. The medium is the message. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Right? It sticks in our heads, but then we think about it and we're like, huh. 
what is going on there? Well, what he meant by it is that every message is influenced by the way in which it is conveyed. Right? So if you send something via text, it will carry with it a certain meaning. Some some, um, significance will be conveyed to it by the text. Whether that's good or bad is up to the interpreter to figure out. Uh, If it's by television, it carries with it a certain meaning as well. It influences it. The words are not the same, even though they might be the same words. The medium influences the message. And I was thinking about that with Jesus. Right, if Jesus was here and has spoken to us, if Jesus has carried to us a message, he's also been the medium of the message as well. And so what has Jesus' life done to influence the message? What is, how is it, how is he, his life um, tinted or steeped into the message? A, a, a subtext and a deeper meaning. Jesus Christ came and he not only spoke a message, he lived the message. The medium of Jesus Christ in his life showed us that God doesn't only call us to repentance and new life in him, he showed us what that means when he died so that you and I could live. God the Father sent his son, Jesus, to be his communication with us. And so it'd be worth asking then, what was his communication with us? If Jesus came as the communicator, as the message, what was his communication with us? Well, interestingly, what Jesus did is he took the messages of the Old Testament. He took what had been said by the prophets. And he cleansed them of false interpretations which had built up over time. And he revealed how those prophets really had been speaking about him and his plan to redeem the world through his atoning sacrifice. Our passage tells us, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Now, I like food. Do you like food? And I like interesting foods, too. I mean, I'll eat normal food, too, but I'm always fascinated if I see something on the menu I've never tried before. There's part of me that wants to try it, right? There's always, you know, even if it sounds kind of icky, I want to try it. I have never wanted to taste death. Have you? Right, if you saw death on the menu, would you say, oh, I'll have a bite of that? No, it'd be horrible, right? But Jesus, on our behalf, has tasted death for everyone so that you and I don't need to. He's done it on our behalf. And because of this work, the rest of us have been set free from eternal death and given the hope of eternal life. And even more than that, we can also enjoy the tremendous benefits of life with God right now. It's not only something for the sweet by and by, It is something for this moment in our lives. Because this passage tells us that through faith in Christ, we are made brothers and sisters of him, children of God. We are adopted and brought into this family. Family's important, isn't it? Yeah. Family's important. I've just been walking through 
um, the death of a family member with another, with the family, this uh, friends of mine from growing up, right? And watching the role of family as she approached death was so significant, right? The holding, the comforting, the reassuring, the expressions of love, right? We get to be a part of a family. We get to be part of God's family. And Jesus Christ becomes our brother. What better brother to have than Jesus, right? He's not going to steal your shoes. He's not going to tump you upside down in a trash can on your first day of high school. Right? He is going to support you and to love you and to sacrifice himself for you. What better brother to have than him? Because family is important. Jesus is God's message to us. And the message that he wanted to convey to us is the love of the Father. That you and I, we are loved by God. And loved in such a way that he was willing to die for us, to set us free. This day has been given to us as a gift from God. Not everyone's received this new day of life. But we have. What will we do with it? Will this day mark a transition in our lives where we turn away from the direction we were heading and turn towards God, where we receive the message of Christ and allow him more into our hearts, where we confess our brokenness to him and receive his grace and mercy and love, or where we go out and share that message with others? Because our world is a world that's hurting, a world that's broken, a world that's divided world that's isolated. We can offer a message of peace and reconciliation and belonging through Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, may we do this today. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for being the God of grace and mercy and love. The God who came and brought us a message. Lord, you didn't just let us flounder down here. Lord, and... Uh, waste our lives away. But instead, you sent your son to redeem us. Help us to receive this message, to receive your grace, to receive your love, and to receive your forgiveness. And we pray, Lord God, that this day we would turn over our lives to you. Lord, we confess to you that we've fallen short of what you've called us to. We confess that we have failed. Lord, we need your forgiveness. We need your love. We need you to wash us clean and to set us free. And Lord, send us into this world as messengers of your peace, messengers of your hope, and messengers of your love, that others might see their lives transformed and be brought into the family. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.